Welcome to another episode of Hey You Guys, the ever-popular podcast on pop culture of the 80s and 90s by two dudes who live through them. I'm your host, Jeffrey Mack, joined as always by the Pete, to my Pete, Mr. Scott Boyd. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about the adventures of Pete and Pete. So Boyd, it's, it's pretty interesting because you know when we get these episodes set up um, on the intro, we try to be funny. Um, with you know, sort of that last lines when we introduce ourselves, and I was planning on saying the Pete to my Pete, and then I see that you thought of the same thing and put it in there. So kudos for us being exactly on the same wavelength for this episode. As a Pete and Pete, um, kind of in our own Pete and Pete world, uh, for our own Pete and Pete podcast. Yeah, no, awesome. So so yeah, so so this episode, you know, we 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 tend to brainstorm and, and come up with some ideas for what we think would be entertaining episodes. And this is one that I think both of us were just like, dude, yes, 100% we need to do it. And it's it's really we're going to be talking about the adventures of of Pete and Pete, which for all intents and purposes, I'll say was a show so far ahead of its time um that that it could be as relevant today as it was back in 1993 when it was, when it was on television. And I know we always talk about, you know, does it hold up? Should there be a reboot? Uh, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, but I mean, spoiler alert, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a reboot of, of this show or at least sort of a, a remake. This would be a perfect Netflix, um, you know, series. I mean, I agree. I, I think it is a hundred percent ahead of its time and I think it holds up uh, phenomenally. Awesome. So let's 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 dive in. I don't know who's the bigger Pete and Pete fan between the two of us. Um, it may be close, but well, bef- that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Then, if if we can't tell, yeah, we, we can't tell. But before we dive in, I'm going to throw a curveball at you, and I want to ask you, going back to our last episode, 1986 versus 1994, have the fans spoke? Have have the fans declared a winner? I know you put a poll up. Give us an update. So the uh, the good news is the fans have spoken. It is indeed 1994. However, Ugh. I will give you, Mr. Mack, the fact that it was closer than I had thought. There were there were some uh, a few who were outspoken for 1986. So though okay. it was quite an inferior year when you're categorizing or when you're comparing it to 1994, it certainly was up there. When it comes to all-time pop culture, I do agree. All right. I mean, fair enough. You know, I, I was listening to the episode in my car, um, and, you know, I, I'm still going to say 86 is better, but that music category for 94 was just, I mean, dude, off the charts. Off the charts. Yep. Sweet. So, Pete and Pete, what do you remember about the show, Boyd? And I, and I ask it that way because I know you watched probably every episode uh, recently, so try to forget about what you recently saw, and just let me know what what do you think? What were you thinking about uh, the adventures of Pete and Pete before the rewatch? So that's great. That's a great way to introduce it because there are so many things that I remember 
that were certainly not exact to what they were. And there are a number of things that I remember that are carved so well into my mind and that I'll, I'm sure I will always think about because at this point, if I learned about them in 1993 when I was nine or 10 years old and I, and I remember them now and I think about them now uh, in my coming on late thirties, I don't think I'm going to lose them. So the things I remember that I think are just so important to how wonderful of a creation Pete and Pete is, is not how ahead of its time it was. It's not how creative and how well directed and produced. It was the fun ideas. It was the cool um, it was the cool adventures. It was the great, the, the groups and the tasks and, and how it spoke to me as a kid. I don't know if you want to jump in, but uh, yeah. I, I could really yeah, I mean, I think, start going off on this. You know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan. I mean, I'm, I'm not a psychotic fan of, of Pete and Pete, but I remember as a kid watching it and thinking that, A, the show was very different than anything else that was on television. And even though I guess it was technically a kid's show, I mean, it had so many adult themes. I mean, it almost, it almost captured this, you know, the feeling of being a kid who eventually was going to have to be an adult, if that makes sense. No, it's perfect that you, you nailed it because what they do is, I don't know if this is the first one and maybe it is, it's more of like a, a biopic or a, an mm-hmm. audio biographical adventure that you're following along. And they end up tackling these very high level philosophical questions that plague humanity and not just children, but it's viewed from this chi- this more of a child lens and it, and it's a growing child lens. Mm-hmm. And you end up tackling these bigger problems and um i just watched one recently and and i guess it's kind of a theme throughout all of them where big pete tackles the i don't know confusion of well ellen's his friend and she's a girl (laughs) but is she his girlfriend and this is a theme through multiple episodes and you mentioned that they have to grow up at some point, and that's kind of where that's kind of where you um, where this I don't know where this shows itself. It shows itself, uh, and, and I think most prominently in that theme. That yeah, I think uh, it's Big Pete with Ellen. Theme. Yeah, I think I think the really interesting thing from sort of the, the the creator, the writing, is the fact that you have Pete and Pete, right? two different ages and even though maybe they're a few years apart they're at the 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 ages where even those few years makes them more or less a mile apart and it's able to to allow the show to be pretty broad in that it can do the themes of you know somebody basically coming into adulthood right or or becoming you know sort of a an older quote unquote kid so you have those storylines that you can sort of play the the arc through and then you have little Pete 
and you can still maintain sort of the the innocence of the younger child. So the show was was able to sort of bridge both of those um, periods of life really, really well. And I'll say, you know, going back again to what I remembered about it, I mean, I remembered that the show was just weird. Um, and then rewatching the show, I think it's actually even weirder than I remembered. <laughs> and I, I think, agree. I, I think that's probably because when you're a kid, things aren't really that weird. Right? Kids are weird. We're all, we're all weird. So, um, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the Wellsville and the cast of characters that make up that town, I mean, super weird. Reminds me sort of the, the Pee Wee's Playhouse vibe, the Simpsons vibe. Um, but what it allowed is it allowed sort of this, there was always micro stories taking place within each story. So it was actually a pretty complex show that was dumbed down through its weirdness, I'd say, but tackling complex themes, if that makes any sense. That's probably the, the most complex sentence I've ever used on this podcast. <laughs> um, but that's that's sort of how the show was. I agree. I think I think that you, uh, again, nailed, the, uh, nailed it. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I do want to dive into some specific episodes, but I'm going to allow you to sort of decide which which tangent we take this episode. So we can we can dive into specific episodes right now, or we can continue the broader talk about some of just the the things in the show that we need to discuss. So what's your what's your preference, Boyd? Let's tackle let's pick a let's pick an episode and tackle certain things that we need to tackle uh, by choosing an episode that has that fair enough or a theme or or piece in it. And I'll start off. Yep. So you asked me before what I remember from the show. And I want to tell you by citing at least one. Now we'll say two episodes here. First off, a number one is time travel. (laughs) Now this isn't, this isn't time travel sci-fi time travel no 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 this is something that every october Mm -hmm. my wife is very aware of this because (laughs) i make it a i mean i make it part of my life today every year that in october when we fall back we get to relive Mm -hmm. one hour of our lives and do it over again so, and I, I just want to make the most of it. So I'm going to pause you because, again, this illustrates they take a very complex thing and simplify it through its weirdness. And this episode that you're going to talk about, I think, is another great example of this. So please continue. So for the uninitiated, what happens is every year, Big Pete, Little Pete spend time together to do something epic on time travel day where they go in the time tunnel as they say and they get to relive the hour of their lives over again this year specifically uh big pete feels that this is the day forgetting it's time travel day thinks this is the day to ask ellen out on a date they end up going on a date they use endless mike's car endless mike (laughs) is a quote unquote villain of the show but he had a car and uh 
you know, the the craziness ensues and she gets mad at him and yada yada. But what I love about it is you're seeing this theme or, or you're seeing this topic from two different angles from the, the big Pete angle of he's now, you know, a, attacking this problem of pubescence and little Pete going through the problem of, well, this is the thing that we do together, this time traveling, but we didn't get to do it this year. And then he tries to sabotage it. And then um, when Alan gets mad at big Pete, Pete, big Pete has to apologize. And he explains, or he apologizes by saying, Hey, you know what? We're going to time travel. It's not midnight. It's actually only 11 (laughs) o'clock. And then he makes it up to her. um, And the, show ends on a more happier note yeah it's a that is one of the episodes that i remember as well um so so good good choice on that one um and then i think it it actually fits our thesis of uh, of the show so so kudos there the the two episodes that i sort of remember and it's it's funny because i think when we were initially planning this episode we were saying hey let's let's talk about our favorite episodes um but for me it, it ended up being let me talk about the episodes that just for whatever reason stuck in my brain right and you know rewatching them and, and some other episodes I, I wouldn't say that they were the best episodes of the of the series but for whatever reason they were the ones that stuck in my mind and, and the first episode um, that that I want to just briefly touch on is an episode called the call and this is this is an episode that really highlights Wellsville and the weirdness around it and, and sort of you know the the dog days of summer. You know it's the it's the hottest day. You know people can barely move. They're they're melting. They're sticking to the to the road. But in the town of Wellsville, there's a payphone that has been ringing for 27 years. So I don't know. Do you remember this episode, Boyd, at all, or no? Uh, I do. I did not get a chance to rewatch that one. Cool. I think it's later on in the series. Yeah. So so this payphone is ringing for 27 years, and nobody has ever answered it. So there's a lot of um, you know, urban legends in the town about like, if you answer it, you'll learn exactly when you're going to die. Right. Or, you know, the last person that answered it disappeared and all that was left were his shoes and, and, and all these, these crazy things. And the big question that the town has is, you know, well, who are they actually trying to call and get a hold of? And, you know, I'm going to stop you right there yeah. just for a second, because that proves something that they do in multiple episodes, which I think is absolutely brilliant, which is why I think Pete and Pete relate so much to us or related so much to us as children is again, you're seeing it through the lens of these kids. Now, when they were discussing the call, uh, they panned to a few different kids and they, they Mm -hmm. said, Oh, well, I heard it was this. I heard it was that. And they did that in multiple episodes as well. Um, like when they were searching for the ice cream man, Oh, I heard that he did this. I heard that, uh, he does this in his spare time. I heard that he's married to this person. And, and that's something that is so typical of kids, the, the little rumors and the stories. Yeah. I I know with my five-year-old now, if he can't explain something, he makes something up to explain it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that's a great point, right? It's, uh, you know, so, so just to, 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 
finish the summary of, of, of that episode, you know, so little Pete decides, you know what, I'm going to become a hero this summer. The only way I can do that is by just answering that call. Right. So he has his crew of, of friends. I think they start with six and it, it's like a, it, it's an epic quest, right. To go do this, which is great. Cause I think most of the episodes involve some type of quest, which as a, as a child, I mean, that's what life's about, right? Like adventures and, and, and quests and things. So eventually, you know, it gets to the point where everyone backs out because they're scared. Little Pete's about to go answer the, the, the phone and uh, his mom comes. And she was the one that uh, the caller was looking to, to get in touch with. So the mom answers. And, you know, the weird thing is it was like the telephone repairman up in the, uh, the cherry picker bucket who's been calling her for 27 years because he wanted to profess his love to mom and puts her in the cherry picker, brings her up there. And is like, you know, for 27 years, I've been calling, hoping you'd answer. Uh, and then she's like, I like you, but I love my husband. <laughs> so super weird. Uh, you know, definitely, definitely, uh, probably not anywhere close to the best episode, but something that just stuck in my mind, because again, I think you can relate to it as, you know, I, Everybody, as a child, at least when we were kids, when there actually were payphones in your town, there was that one phone that would just randomly ring. <laughs> so it just sort of brings you back to that 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 memory. I mean, can't you can you even say it's a it's an analogy? Analogy. It's a um, it's an allegory of uh, answer. You know, answering the call literally yeah. and figuratively. I mean, literally. Yes. Again, the complexities of the adventures of Pete and Pete. Cool. What's your, uh, what's the next episode you have? All right. So I wanted to talk about, um, another thing that I remember and I want to talk about an episode that it's in. Do you remember the King of the road episode? So the King of the road episode was basically the family was going on a, road trip and the dad is known as the king of the road in fact he has a license plate that's Mm -hmm. king o (laughs) frode because he couldn't get king of road because it was already out and and it goes through a little bit of of the dad's dadness he is so dad (laughs) and i remember watching the episode and they talk about the um, the amount of arm that you have outside of the right. window is like how confident you are in your road tripping skills or whatever. Um, that was one thing that, that always stuck out to me because I always watched my dad. He would use his left hand to uh, to to draw. I mean to to steer, but he'd rest his left elbow out the window. So I always think about that. Do you drive with your elbow out of the uh, out of the car? Every time I do, I think about it. Every time. <laughs> and this was before we decided to deep dive into Pete and Pete. I, I just I, I will not forget it. And then same thing, um, similar thing. I mean, when you stick your hand out the window or arm out the window, um, Pete on one side, Pete on the other side putting their arms out the window and trying to find that exact angle where they got <laughs> maximum lift to try to lift the car off the, uh, off the ground, uh, which is so silly, but so fun and just brings you back to being 
tenon in the back of your parents' car on yeah. a road trip. Oh, I mean, n- nostalgia, right? So I think I, I think that's awesome. And 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 honestly, I don't think I've ever driven with my elbow out of the car, but I think I'm gonna do it this summer. Just just because I mean, I guess I need to be somewhat, uh, you know, king of the road, maybe prince of the road. So I'll uh, I'll do that over the weekend if it's sunny and I'm I'm heading to the beach. Window will be all the way down. Elbow will be out. And then speaking of going down the beach. Something that I can't get out of my mind, uh, I guess one of the last things here that I can't get out of my mind is in the episode, how we spent our summer, mm-hmm. it starts a good episode. off with explaining how Pete's, little Pete's time-honored tradition of last day of summer, he's so mad that he goes to the beach and he and he fights the Atlantic ocean. (laughs) And I did this when I was a kid and I still do it today. And I tell my son and, and now my three-year-olds will be in the water this year to do the same, especially at the end of the, at the end of the summer. Yeah. Now that's, uh, I mean, again, and it's funny because each episode we talk about the more nostalgic it makes me feel, which means that the show just hits at a, at a deep level. So, for me, the, the the last episode I guess we'll we'll talk about is an episode called Hard Days Pete. And I don't know if you remember this episode, but essentially little Pete has his own radio station uh in Wart in, Radio. Yeah, Wart Radio. Wart radio. And they have like, you know, people try to call in to request songs and he says, you know, politely no. <laughs> but he has like scab talk and, and all of these things and he realizes that he just doesn't have a favorite song. And, you know, he's driving to school because Miss Fingerwood, you know, says you better get to school or, you know, or else. And on his drive, he takes a shortcut, which which takes him uh, in front of this garage. And there's a band playing in the garage. And Pete realizes, oh, my God, this song rocks. This is my favorite song. Right. He is, he gets that, that feeling of when you hear your favorite song for the first time. And um I mean, it's just epic for him. And then, unfortunately, he can't seem to find the band or the song. And, you know, he has this fear that he's going to forget it. And long story short, he slowly starts to forget his favorite song until he eventually only remembers one note. But, um, you know, in that episode, he starts a band called The Blowholes. And, you know, they do cover songs to, to pay for his father's. Uh, electric bill because the international adult conspiracy is is trying to just to end the blowholes from their rockingness and and you know eventually they um he ends up remembering the song and they, they jam out and I, I don't know it's just it's one of these things again where it makes you think about you know when you hear your favorite song for the first time or even when you're younger and you start to just appreciate music and i just think it's it's so great that you know, a there is a cool song um, in the show that is his. It's actually a song called "Summer Baby" uh, by Polaris, and it goes a little something like this. And I'll, and I'll cut it off, but um, I mean, again, great episode. Great that it brings in music because that's something that I think we need to talk about. Sort of the the how important music was to the to the tv show um but yeah i mean hard days pete 
I mean, it's funny when you watch him in his garage with his quote unquote radio station, all I kept thinking about was, Hey, little Pete essentially had a podcast back before there were podcasts. Cause that's sort of what he, what he was doing, you know? That's exactly right. Um, I, I mean, in my notebook here, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's on my list of favorite episodes. It is nice. awesome. I, I remember it for the song Marmalade Cream, <laughs> Marmalade Cream, yes. which I didn't think was a real song. No, it's a real and song. Then I, oh yeah. And, and I hear it on like classic rock yep. radio now and I'm like, Marmalade Cream. And now I think of <laughs> Pete and Pete when I hear Marmalade Cream. Um, but yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Just the, the trials and tribulations going through this epic quest of finding his mm-hmm. song that he lost and and it's like he he doesn't want to die with it's a bucket list you know yeah. he wants to have this song because it's his yeah uh, it, it's phenomenal no totally so the one episode that i wish we talked about but we probably have to do a whole episode on it is farewell my little viking um, which is like the tearjerker episode when 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 Artie sort of leaves. Too. Yeah, two parter. Um, well, maybe let's maybe we'll do a future episode just or uh, just on that because I think that's it's just it's so deep, dude, and it's just like, oh man, <laughs> it's incredible how deep the show goes. It's yeah. almost right. It's almost I don't want to start diving in because you know we'll do an hour just yeah. on farewell, my little Viking. No, so 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 a few things, and we'll 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 approach these a little bit more more quickly. But I think that they warrant us discussing them. Um, just first, I mean, shout out. You know, you and I are both in in Jersey. The show was was shot in South Orange, um, so kudos to New Jersey. But two two characters, um, you know, outside of Pete and Pete, that I think we need to discuss are Mister Tasty and Artie. So let's start with Mister Tasty because when I was a kid, I just thought that that dude was the weirdest character on all of television i'm talking mr tasty um and, and that was before i i even knew that there was such things like mr frosty because we didn't really have mr frosty ice cream when where or I were mr softy or mr softy that's Which what is, i meant yeah yeah oh so yeah so, that's so what we have mr tasty again i didn't rewatch all the episodes but i remember this this theme where he was just missing right he disappeared and I think there was a quest to find him. I think there was an episode where Michael Stipe was like a rival ice cream peddler or something. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Captain Scruffy, I think his name was, or yes. something like that, right? So, oh, I forget. Yes, 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 yes. So, Mister Tasty, what are your, what are your 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 memories of of Mister Tasty? So, the memories of Mister Tasty is I, I I just thought it was so relatable because we were all. 10 and outside playing in the summer and you wanted to hear the magical music notes coming by so that you could you could you could stop and get a teenage mutant mm-hmm. turtle ice pop um but then there's that episode yes that again starts to tackle bigger themes so in that episode that you referenced they lose mr tasty well first they they they're almost worried about his loneliness mm-hmm. they're like can we just be your friend and he's like look i have all the friends i need every kid's my friend and like um look at all these friends right here and he points to all the ice cream bars <laughs> and then he goes missing and 
and Ellen and the Peets, they get together and they go on this epic quest Mm -hmm. to find him. Um, They, and they talk about how um, this one, this one blind lady in town always talks about her Leonard that she lost. And they think that that's tasty. And um, Ellen's triangulating signals to figure out where the where he is by going through illegally going through the developed photos in the photo booth where which she works and they end up uh, you know they end up finding him and uh, they save the day but but yeah it, it it was an odd odd at least that episode was odd because it really again went a little above and beyond the pay grade of the normal themes inside kid shows. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it would be a great Halloween costume. <laughs> It'd be Mr. Tasty. <laughs> Good luck finding that, that, that helmet. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, all right. And then Artie, the strongest man in the world. What are your thoughts on Artie? Uh, where to begin? Well, first, let's just settle this before we dive in. Figment of their imagination, yes or no? So that's the first thing that came to me as an adult. I didn't even, it didn't even come in you know, near my uh, consciousness as a kid. But the, one of the first things I thought about was when we talked about doing an episode was, wait, is it already imaginary? Mm-hmm. And the answer, I, it has to be probably right. Yeah, I think it's. I think he's clearly the imaginary friend. Um, I, I I would ninety nine percent that it's an imaginary friend. And this is going to go into um, the the farewell, my little Viking episodes. Mm-hmm. But I, the more I thought about it, the more I realized. Yeah, I mean, it's it's little Pete. It's the little brother who's the. I hate to say the run to the family. He's mm-hmm. he's the he's not only the younger, but he is obviously littler. And it was probably right before the show started that he needed this superhero in his life to have some confidence. And you notice how confident he is the entire series. He is always the one who goes above and beyond, goes over the top when it comes to, I don't know, everything. Uh, they were talking about going fishing, and Little P goes, and I'm bringing the dynamite. <laughs> so, yeah, just have to, you have to believe it. And, and the family's on board because the family knows about him, talks about him, right. talks to him. But, I mean, you got to say yes, right? Yeah, I think so. So, so question for you, and this is something that I was thinking about um, just today, actually, when we were preparing for the episode is, do you think a character like Artie could exist in today's television or on the shows of today? Because, and, and where I'm going with this is, for all intents and purposes, the character sort of is emulating maybe somebody that appears to have Down syndrome or you know, special needs. And I'm just curious, like, would there be tolerance today for a character to portray themselves in that way? And I, I sort of think no, unfortunately, which is kind of sad because I think the zaniness is part of 
what maybe proves that Artie was a figment of their imagination. So I'm just curious what your take is. Can, could he exist today if they were to redo the show? I mean, I fear you're correct. And it is a shame because the zaniness is important to the character. It's important to Pete and it's important to kids relating to the characters. So I think I agree with you. And I think it, I think it's unfortunate um, even though it, it might be necessary. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, that's that's all I have. I mean, the one thing I did want to throw out there is this is an interesting little tidbit. The the Peets actually have a podcast, apparently. I was, the I Adventures was of Danny and Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so we did try to get both of them on this episode, but they did not respond to our request. So, Boyd, any uh, parting words or anything else you'd like to throw in there? Before we get out of here, I did want to touch on things that I didn't remember cool just kind of briefly uh touch on a, a couple fun things one the amount of cameos as the yeah. as you'd say uh, let's just say that for a second i didn't i remember the face but i didn't realize that steve buscemi is alan's dad <laughs> yep. i remember the face but i didn't realize that the principal is ll cool j I oh, remember that's right. I face. didn't remember that either. Hmm. Yeah. I um I remember the face, but I didn't realize that Nona's dad is Iggy Pop. Yep. Yep. And the interesting uh, thing about Iggy Pop is yeah. he actually originally was only on one episode and he ended up loving it so much that he just kept bugging them to come back on. <laughs> so he had sort of like this little bit of a recurring role. Um, which I thought was really interesting because you wouldn't think somebody like Iggy Pop would be into doing a kids show, right? Right, right. And there, I mean, there was a bunch. Um, yeah, you had Michael uh, Stipe, Sel- like I said. You had um, Debbie Harry, I believe, was was in an episode. Selma Blair was in an episode. Chris Elliott is uh, the meter man. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellen Cleghorn, uh, she was on SNL. She's bus driver uh, Stu's on-again, off-again girlfriend. Um, Alicia Keys is in there uh, in really? one of the episodes. Yeah, she was uh, just one of the students, just hmm. randomly. Uh, but I I found that very interesting. I think um, I also thought I thought Flea was in there too. I couldn't I, I couldn't find him when I when I peeked. I thought he was in there. But uh, Michael Stipe, as I'm just checking right now, was Captain Scrummy. That's Scrummy, what not his Scruffy, name okay. was. Captain Scrummy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so that that's one of the things that I thought was uh, interesting that I didn't remember. I didn't remember the international adult conspiracy, which I think is absolutely genius. Basically, Little Pete is fighting against this uh, this group of of adults and trying to keep the kids down all the time. Literally, they're so they have a, they show the crest on a couple different episodes. It says. IAC international adult conspiracy and their tagline is because we said so right. and it's um, like that's amazing still so applicable today Definitely. and and exactly why again this show just resonated so well with us as kids because they wrote it from such a perfect kid-centric point of view or point of views uh they just do it so well from both angles that both Pete's go through very similar things at the similar times and they see them differently and they attack them differently, but they come together at the end. 
Yeah, no, yeah. And that kind of and that kind of leads into how much they tackle and we we kind of talked about this already, but how much they tackle these high level cons- like worldly concerns. They talk about um fear of failure, uh greatest greater purpose in life. Fear of paper cuts. Well, <laughs> of course. Uh man's need to be on like the top of the food chain. Uh, there's a there's a war and treason episode even. I mean, it was it's it's really intense. And then along with that, you have the really impressive um you know cinematic camera work and yeah. super well produced episodes and super well just super well done. It, it it's just you know, it almost Marvel. It almost had a music video vibe and feel to the way um, the the production design was, which I think is interesting because I think the either the creator or the director, uh, I think the background was in music videos. To be honest, so um, yeah, I mean, a hip hip show could definitely survive and hold its own if it were around today, and I think it's a it's a show for. I don't know how popular it was, to be honest. So a lot of the listeners maybe, um, you know, weren't huge fans. But anybody who's listening to this, go on YouTube, watch some of the episodes of, of Pete and Pete. Unfortunately, they look a little blurry and old. So hopefully at some point we'll have a remastered 4K uh, ultra high definition uh, DVD setter or have it streaming somewhere. Um, but yeah, do yourself a favor go out there watch some some adventures of Pete and Pete you won't you won't be disappointed man it and you mentioned it before and again this is something that we try to run with it really holds up it yeah. is fantastic it's a fantastic watch i agree so with that um want to thank everybody for listening um again wherever you listen to this podcast please do us a favor and give us a review give us a five star rating it definitely helps us it motivates us to, to get more episodes out. But um, yeah, thanks for, for, for joining and we'll catch you on the next episode. Come on, baby, come on, baby, show me the town. I didn't know that you'd be such a short fit. Once a year I know